Well, good morning. It's good to see you all here this morning. Uh, As we begin our service today, I want to ask our deacons to come forward. I want you to know who these guys are in case you don't. And sometimes with all that has been happening with us as of late, um, you may not. And so I want them just to come and uh, you can see lay leadership of our church. And um, I'm going to let them just come up and go across. Suddenly I feel safer than I've ever been. (laughs) And that's a good thing. So I'm going to turn it over to Donna. He's going to be acting as our chairperson this year. And and you all pray for these guys. Good morning, everybody. We just wanted to take the time as a group to let you know, put a name to the face, put a face to the name. We've got a good group this year, and we're here to serve you. We're here to serve God. And we know that this is a, a tough time with Pastor Dale. We appreciate the prayers. We're praying vigilant for him. We're going to get through this because God's in control. And I want each guy to come up and they're going to introduce you. Guys, come beside me. Okay. It's not about one guy. It's about all of us. And I'm going to tell you, the one thing that we all have in common, we all love the Lord, but we love this church. And we love you. So if there's anything that you need, Anything that we can help you with, you contact any one of us. Okay? Kevin, you start. All right, good morning. I'm Kevin Hudson. Uh, I've been here at Poplar Springs since 06, 2006, not 1906, since 2006. And uh, it's a wonderful place, and we're here to serve in any way possible, and obviously we're praying for Pastor Ray. We're covering, look forward to seeing you back. I'm Alton Gilbert. I've uh, been here since 97. My wife's been here since 81 or something like that. Um, the whole church is kin to each other. And I love that fact. And we're here to serve you. Um, any problems you have, uh, construction-wise, spiritual-wise, it doesn't matter. We're here to help you. And we're going to pray for Pastor Dale. He's going to be right here soon. I'm Rick Thompson, and it's an honor and a privilege to serve here in this church. You know, as I look around, we've got a beautiful facility. We've got some dedicated members, and I thank you for what you've done for this church over many, many years. And that's why we're as strong as we are today is because of the loyal and, and dedicated members. So thank you for what you do for the church. I want to be part of that. I want to serve in any way possible. So please call me if I can be of any assistance. You know, we're struggling with with our pastor's illness, all of us missing, but at the same time, we know that God is in charge. He's in control, and He's going to deliver him from this. We hope that He's going to restore him to this pulpit, and he stands right here at some point in time in the future again. So may God bless each of you, and thank you. My name's Scott Greer, and uh, I turned 36 yesterday, so I've been here 36 years. Been here my whole life. Uh, again, just appreciate y'all nominating me to be here to serve. Like they said, I'm here. Please call me if you have anything. And continue to pray for the pastor and his family and the church. Thank you. Good morning. My name's Jerry Tootin. I've been here about probably 18, 19 years. Um, you can tell by the way I talk I'm not born here. I was born somewhere else. I'm not a family member here, 
but I am a family member of this church. And we as deacons are here to serve. That's our purpose, to serve this church and serve it in any way we can. And we're all in very much prayer for our pastor. You know, we worship a God that spoke this world into existence, and healing Dale is not a problem. So just keep praying for him. We thank you. Good morning. I'm Tom Petrina. I've been here 33 years, roughly, and uh, always been proud to be at this church. It's a wonderful church, a lot of great families. Um, we've really enjoyed our time. Our kids grew up here. Uh, like I say, it's, it's always the programs, everything we've been happy with. We're here to serve you guys. Again, like everyone said, if there's anything anybody needs, just let one of us know. And uh, I know you are, but please keep continue praying for our pastor. Thank you. Hey, I'm Mark Brown. I've been here. Uh, I was sitting here trying to do the math. I think it's 39 years. Uh, my wife's been here all her life. She was born here, I think. Um, anyway, uh, each one of these men, we're, we're servants. Myself included, we're your servants. That's what the word deacon means, is servant. And so we are here to serve and to do all that we can to help you in any possible way. Thank you for being here today. God bless you. I wanted to mention we have two men that are not here today. Chip Thornton. You know Chip. His son had an accident, a broken arm, and then fell and hit his head. So he's had some issues. So he's not here. Rocky Green is out of town. Both these men are very good men. They feel the same way that we do. I also want to let you know that Scott has done a great job in the pastor's absence in keeping us together, leading his church. And we ask for your prayers and your support, and we'll be here for each other. Thank you. I, I don't think it's inappropriate that we just give these guys a hand because they're servant leaders of this church. And I want you to know that um, I meet with these, I meet with three other guys every, just about every Tuesday, and that's Matt and Joey and Chris, and we're all in this together. So you just pray that we do the right things. Uh, pray for Matt. I haven't seen him yet, but he was feeling not so well this morning, and. Uh, uh, he's he's supposed to preach, but don't worry because Joey's going to be here, and I've already seen him. It's hard to miss Joey, <laughs> and so I'm glad to know that uh, that he is here. Also, I want to thank all of you who, who came out yesterday uh, for the prayer time. I know that not everybody got the word, and we apologize for that. But it just we just decided to do it late on Friday. And so, but we had a great crowd here and a wonderful time. And Shelly and all the family were here. And we we're so thankful. Uh, the word today is not much change uh, with the pastor. He's uh, resting comfortably. I will tell you that his family got the opportunity to um, call in and speak to him yesterday. And his brother and Marion got to come down and go in for about 15 minutes. So pray for them. In fact, I, I just want us to pray right now. Before we do anything else, praise team, you can come and start getting ready if you would. And uh, when as soon as we pray, we'll 
we'll be singing songs of worship. But let's just join our hearts uh, in prayer today. Father God, we just thank you that we have the opportunity to come to this place and to know that you are here because you've promised that where two or three are gathered in your name that you're in the midst of them. And so, Lord, we have considerably more than that. And so today, Lord, what we need as a congregation is we need to sense your presence. We need to know that you are sitting right beside us, that you're walking the aisles and touching us where it counts most in our hearts. Lord, you know the thing that is most prevalent on our minds today. That's our pastor. Now, Lord, you and I both know I've been a lot of places, and I know a lot of people. I have a few friends. And he is among the best and the dearest. And so, once again today, Lord, we cry out to you. We cry out to you that you would come and intervene in this situation. Because, Lord, just as someone prayed yesterday, when this church needed a pastor, you gave them one. When they needed a shepherd, you gave them one. Lord, we still need him. We still need him. And in his mind, you know that he is thinking way down the road. So I pray that you would just restore him. Lord, I pray for Shelley and the kids and all the family right now that you would give them strength. I pray that you would do uh, for them what we can't, but allow us to do what you will enable us to do. Lord, I am not, um, I'm not forgetting those in our congregation who are bereaved at this time or who have sickness in their homes or, or have sickness in their families. And so we lift them up to you also and ask that you would suit a blessing to each need. Lord, today, I just pray that you would do what you would with us. Even if we can't see it. Lord, I am mindful of that song that says, When we cannot see your hand, that we trust your heart. And we know that you're always working for our good. And we thank you and we praise you. I pray you'd be with our choir and praise team, our musicians, as we travel down to Anderson to be in a worship situation later today. That you'd give us traveling mercies and that they won't see us but you. So, Lord, take control of this service. I pray that you'd have your way in our lives and that you would not just stir us up, but that you would change us. For we ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. Why don't you stand with me? We're going to sing a familiar song that you will know well, Blessed Assurance. And we're going to sing all three stanzas, so if you'd stand up, we'll sing it together. Purchase of God, born of His Spirit. 
Is that the best y'all can sing? I'm just asking. That was pretty good. God bless you. We're going to sing a new song. We're going to teach you a new song this morning called Only a Holy God. Only a Holy God. You may listen to the first verse and you'll get it. And the chorus is not difficult either. Only a Holy God.
standing for the reading of the word of the Lord this morning. All right, so this is 1 John chapter 1, verses 1 through 10. That which was from the beginning, which we have heard, which we have seen with our eyes, which we have looked at and our hearts have touched. This we proclaim concerning the word of life. Though life appeared, we have seen it and testified to it, and we proclaim to you the eternal life, which was with the Father and has appeared to us. We proclaim to you that we have seen and heard, so that you may also have fellowship with us. And our fellowship is with the Father and with his Son, Jesus Christ. We write this to make our joy complete. This is the message we have heard from him and declare to you. God is light. In him there is no darkness at all. If we claim to have fellowship with him, yet walk in darkness, we lie and do not live by the truth. If we walk in the light, as he is in the light, we have fellowship with one another, and the blood of Jesus, his son, purifies us from all sin. If we claim to be without sin, we deceive ourselves, and the truth is not in us. If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just and will forgive us our sins and purify us from all unrighteousness. If we claim we have not sinned, we have made him out to be a liar and his word has no place in our lives. Would you pray with me this morning? I believe the Lord wants us to speak. 
Abba, it's your children. And Lord, you know what is in each heart that's in this building this morning. And you know, Lord, our needs. Lord, I pray that you would speak to us through your word this morning. Ask, Lord, I ask that You anoint me with the Holy Spirit of God. And Lord, that the Word of God would speak to people's hearts and they would respond to it in a way that's pleasing to You. We ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Who is Jesus? Who is Jesus? I believe for the past 2,000 years, there have been millions of people that have struggled with that exact question. And as we read here in 1 John, I believe that immediately as he opens up this letter here, he immediately begins to talk about Jesus. And he immediately begins to state who Jesus is. See, the Gospel writers had written about Jesus in Matthew Matthew wrote to a more Jewish audience and Matthew was trying to tell them that Jesus was the Davidic king. He was the one that had been promised. When Mark wrote, he wrote to more of a Roman audience and we know that he was declaring that Jesus was the Messiah. He was the anointed one, but not just the anointed one and the Messiah for the Jews, but also for the Greeks. You saw Luke, and Luke was a very intellectual individual, and he wrote more towards the Greeks, and he wanted to portray Jesus as the Son of Man. But then when you got to John, John was speaking to a very general audience. He was possibly speaking to those who were seekers, trying to understand who Jesus was. And John, all throughout the book, he portrays Jesus as the light. He portrays Jesus as being... He opens up his book, the Apostle John speaks of how that Jesus is the Word. And we see that concept immediately in 1 John as he writes here. Throughout the book of John, we see that Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. We know that Jesus is the fulfillment of the Old Testament, the different ceremonies and things there in the Old Testament. Jesus was the Lamb of God that came to take away the sin of the world. And here in 1 John, he's writing to try to answer that question to people that possibly thought that Jesus was God, but not man. Or possibly thought that, well, He's man, but not God. You know, we still struggle with the same question today. C.S. Lewis in Mere Christianity wrote this. He said, the options as to who Jesus is and what Jesus did can basically be reduced to four. He could have been a liar, someone who simply was not who he claimed to be and knew it. He could have been a lunatic, someone who thought he was somebody, but in fact he was not. He could have been a legend, someone who was not who others later imagined him to be. Or, and as we believe this morning, he could be the Lord. He is who He said He is. And His birth, life, death, and resurrection prove it to be true. As John writes this morning, as we look at this passage of Scripture, he writes to 
two groups and there were subgroups within these two groups, but I believe that he was speaking to a Jewish audience that maybe didn't, they saw Jesus as man, but they did not want to see him as being equal to God. And we're going to see his arguments directly address that as we go into that. And as far as their ethics, they thought that the law was indispensable. These were Judaizers. These were people who wanted to continue to hold on to the law. But then you see a Hellenistic group, a group that had more of a pagan background who possibly were the early individual adherents to Gnosticism. And Gnosticism would teach that you obtain salvation through knowledge. And they did not, they thought that evil or matter was evil and that evil was in that that is physical. So they would have believed that Jesus was not human. They believed that Jesus was simply God. And you know what? They didn't believe much in righteousness. They didn't think righteousness was important. So as we look at 1 John 1, we immediately see Him address these two groups. In the first part there of chapter, of chapter 1, verse 1, it says, "...that which was from the beginning, which we have heard, which we have seen with our eyes, which we have looked at, and our hands have touched, this we proclaim..." Concerning the word of life. The Apostle John here echoes what he had previously said in John chapter 1. We see some very familiar language here. In John 1, 1 it says, In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was with God in the beginning. Through Him all things were made. Without Him nothing was made that has been made. In Him was life. And that life was the light of all mankind. The light shines in darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. You can see those same themes in which John speaks of in 1 John, here in John 1. But also, when you see that phrase, in the beginning, that he used in John chapter 1, and you see in 1 John how it says, that which was from the beginning, that immediately ties it to Genesis chapter 1. We're going to look at Genesis chapter 1 real quickly this morning. And as you look at Genesis chapter 1, it's very interesting to think that in John 1 and in 1 John, Jesus is referred to as the Word. 1 John refers to Him as the Word of life. Here recently, just this past Wednesday night, our youth began looking at the Gospel of John. We're going to be walking through the Gospel of John. And I told him, I said, hey, look, it's very significant that we're looking at the Gospel of John and here the next four weeks we're going to be preaching through First John, the Epistle of John. And I pointed out how that John refers to Jesus as being the Word. That becomes very clear who Je- that he's speaking of Jesus in John 1.14 where he says, the Word became flesh and dwelt among us. But he wanted people to understand that this Word, this individual, was the very Son of God that had made all things. And when you look at at Genesis chapter 1, what I want you to understand is that Jesus was very much so a part of creation. When you think of the Word, words do two things. Now I want you to say the last two words of this phrase with me when I get to it. Sticks and stones may break my bones, but words will never hurt me. You've probably heard that throughout your life. Now, how many of you believe that's true? No, it's absolutely not true. We know that words are very powerful. In fact, I wish you would hurt me physically sometimes rather than use strong words towards me. 
And the truth is, is that words, first of all, are very powerful. Words are powerful. And we see that in Genesis chapter 1, how that God spoke into existence over and over again. We see that, and God said, and God said, and God said. He spoke things into existence. And when you see Jesus, and He's referred to as the Word, I want you to realize that He was powerful. He was the very Son of God that in Genesis 1 was speaking things into existence. But not only that, the Word, a Word, is revealing. It's what we use to communicate. If I want to reveal my feelings to you, reveal something to you, and I want to communicate that to you, I use words. So as you look at Jesus and you think of Him as being the Word, I want you to think of one who is powerful. But I also want you to think of one who is revealing something to us. And He's revealing to us God the Father. In in Genesis chapter 1, as I said, you see over and over again how He says, God, God, God. See, that is a word for God that is Elohim. It speaks of the, the being of God and how that He is so powerful. But as you go to Genesis chapter 2, I want to point something out to you. In Genesis chapter 2, beginning in verse number 4, over and over again throughout the entire chapter, it no longer uses the word God. It uses Lord God. Over and over and over again. Lord God, Lord God, Lord God, Lord God. It's because He's using a different name for God. He's using Yahweh Elohim. And see, this refers to the fact that Jesus, that God is a relational God. It refers to His covenant name. It refers to the fact that He has an agreement with these people and He desires to fellowship with them. And that's what we see in Jesus. See, we see a God that desired to fellowship with us. And as you look in Genesis chapter 2 and as you move into Genesis chapter 3, I've always thought it was very interesting how it continues with this Lord God. It speaks of Lord God in the first verse there. But when Satan begins to talk, when the serpent begins to talk, he drops the Lord God. He just says God. There is nothing more that Satan wants us to do as Christians than for us to forget that we have a relationship with our Heavenly Father. That we have a relationship with God. And as He spoke to Eve, He wanted her to forget that she had been dwelling in the presence of God. God had been fellowshipping with them in the garden. And then you see as the serpent tempted Eve, we see how that man fell. Adam and Eve sinned against God. But we see in chapter number 3 and verse number 15, this is where Jesus comes into play. This is where we see the prophecy of this very one in which John introduces to us. In verse number 15, it says, And I will put enmity between you and the woman and between your offspring and hers, and he will crush your head and you will strike his heel." And from that moment, the Jewish audience that read the Law of Moses knew that there was one that was coming that was going to crush the head of Satan. But we know that 
Satan would strike his heel. And when John opens up the Gospel of John and also the Epistle of John, he is giving testimony to the fact that Jesus is that one who was promised. Jesus is that Word of life. Jesus is the one who gives eternal life. We see here in verse number 1, as I said, that which was from the beginning, which we have heard, which we have seen with all our eyes, which we have looked at and our hands have touched, this we proclaim concerning the Word of life. The life appeared. We have seen it and testified to it and we proclaim to you the eternal life which was with the Father and has appeared to us. We proclaim to you that we proclaim to you what we have seen and heard so that you also may have fellowship with us. And our fellowship is with the Father and with His Son, Jesus Christ. We write this to make our joy complete. As He write here, writes here, like I said, He refers to Jesus as being the Word of life. He refers, He says, we proclaim to you the eternal life. All of those things, when he makes those statements, he was referring to the deity of Christ. He's saying, hey, look, for all of you Jewish people who want to only see him as being human, I want you to realize, no, 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 he was present in creation. No, 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 he's the one who we have eternal life through. And he's making claims to the deity of Christ. And he's saying, no, 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 this is who Jesus is. Jesus was God in, now this next part's very important, the flesh. What about the group that would have sat there and they would have thought, okay, we agree with that. He was God. But see, what they believed was is that He was just a figure of man. He really wasn't a man. And then John comes out and he says, oh, no, 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 we've touched Him. We've seen Him. We were there. He was not just God. He was the God-man. He's the one in whom we have eternal life. So here we see where he says this. In verse number 3, We proclaim to you what we have seen and heard, so that you also may have fellowship with us. That word fellowship there, it's a sharing. It's a participating in. The word fellowship there is offering a contribution here. It's inviting them into the fellowship in which Jesus has with God the Father. The reality is this morning is that God is our Father. And the reason He is our Father is because we've been invited into the fellowship that the Son has with the Father. And John is saying, hey look, I'm writing this because I want to invite you into the fellowship that I have with the Father. He makes that clear. He says, and our fellowship is with the Father. And with His Son, Jesus Christ. But then He says this. He makes it very clear why He feels the need to proclaim all of this. He makes it very clear why He would write to these people and He would invite them into this fellowship. He says this in verse number 4. We write this to make our or your Joy complete. See, what John is saying here, he says, hey, look, 
You have this offer of fellowship with the Father and with the Son and with us. And He says, unless you take this offer, your joy cannot be. As we talk about that joy and we think about that joy, it of course refers to gladness. But it's also speaking of the source of joy. It's a particular type of joy. It's a joy that's because of grace. It's a joy in which we can partake in and the only reason we can partake in it is because of grace. You know... Several months ago, it's been almost a year ago now, I guess we sat down in the fellowship hall. It was me, Pastor Scott, Pastor Joey, Chris, and Pastor Dale. And we sat there and we were talking about what we thought should be preached from the pulpit throughout this year. And I remember distinctly sitting there and we walked through the calendar year and we got to October. And I'll never forget this. And Pastor Dale spoke up and he said, how about First John? And we had some conversation about First John. He said, let's preach through First John in October. Let's preach it for those for four weeks of that month. And then we have a sacrifice. As I began to think about what I was going to speak about this morning, that came to my mind. And I'll be honest with you, I, I, I thought, well, you know what? Now would be a perfect opportunity to speak to something else. Like if we, this is at the beginning of a series, we just finished another series, what should I talk about? I know that all of our hearts are heavy. There's many of us that throughout the week this week, you may have found a place just to sit down, and I'll be honest with you, just to be emotional, and just to, to weep for our pastor. See, I miss his fellowship. See, he and I both have fellowship with the Father. I miss on Monday mornings a lot of times, or Tuesday mornings, him texting me and he'd just say, can you get a cup of coffee? And whatever I was doing, I'd try to move things around. I'd say, yeah, I can get a cup of coffee. And we'd sit and we'd felt And I'd ask him a question. And he'd ask me a question. And we'd talk about the Lord. And we'd talk about this church. And I confess to you that both of us were optimistic to a fault. We were just excited about what the Lord was doing. But I missed that. But I believe that with all my heart, God ordained Him saying those words, Him pointing us towards 1 John. And the reason is, is because of this. Because of 1 John 1, verse 4. We write this to make our joy complete. I think God, through Pastor Dale, not knowing anything that was going to happen, none of us knowing any of that, 
wanted me to stand here this morning and tell you that our joy is not in our circumstances. Our joy will not be lost because our loved ones have been lost. The reality is is that others are hurting. I have never seen in my entire life so much loss as what we've seen in the past couple of years. We have families in our church that have lost family members. We've lost friends. And now we're praying for our pastor. But as the people of God, we have joy. Because our joy is Jesus. See, He's the source of our joy. And the source, don't dry it up. He's the source of our joy. And the source of that joy is brought to us through grace. In God's grace, we have new grace for everything in which we and His mercies are new every morning. But I'm here to tell you this morning that the joy of the Lord is our strength. Find your strength in Jesus. If you're here this morning and you've lost, you've allowed the, the world, the flesh, and the devil, steal your joy. Get back unto Him. Draw strength from Him today. And if you're here this morning and this is all new to you, I want to do the same thing that the Apostle John did. I want to testify of Jesus. I want to tell you about the fellowship that I have with my Father. And I want to invite you into that fellowship. And I want to tell you that the God that created this world was an awfully powerful God. But He also is a God that wants to be relational and wants to have a covenant relationship with you and with me and with all that will have it. And if you're here today and you say, I don't have joy. I don't know what you're talking about. I want you to know that you can have it today. There's no need for you to not to leave with it. There's no need for you not to possess it when you walk back out out of this world. Who is Jesus? Jesus is the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. He's the Lamb of God who came to take away the sins of the world. And He is my and He is our joy. Let's go to the Lord. The Lord, we thank You for Jesus. Lord, even as John wrote in the Gospel of John, we, we couldn't begin to write or say all that Jesus is and all that Jesus has done. But Lord, there's all of us this morning need to 
to be reminded of who He is. And Lord, there may be one this morning that has never been introduced to Jesus, that has never entered into that fellowship that we have with the Father. I pray, Lord, that they would see the open arms of Jesus this morning. And they would run to Lord, I pray for our church this morning. Lord, help us to draw our strength from You. Help us to realize that the joy of the Lord is our strength. And Lord, help us to realize that You always have Your arms open. And Lord, may we come and may we cast our burden upon You. And we ask these things in Jesus' name.
Amen. Continue to pray for one another as you leave here today and know that He is God. As you are leaving today out the way there, there will be uh, some guys standing around the doors. There will also be some boxes on the walls for you to uh, place your offering in. We appreciate your faithfulness in these days. Don't forget, in just uh, four more weeks, we'll have uh, Sacrifice Sunday. and We'll look forward to seeing what God's going to do. We're anticipating He's going to pay off our debt. Amen. (laughs) Miss Joyce, I love you. Uh, I can count on that amen. But I think we all should give an amen to that. I just think it's wonderful. So pray about that. See what God's leading you to do. Will you stand together as we pray today? Our Father, thank you for allowing us um, to be here. Thank you for meeting with us and letting us know that from the beginning of all time and into eternity, you are there. Lord, thank you that you are both the lion and the lamb. You're fighting our battles. Lord, you know the battle is on our hearts. We entrust it to you. Thank you for strengthening Matt today and allowing him to do such a magnificent job of sharing your word. I pray for him and Joey and Chris and all of us as we seek just to be what you'd have us to be here. Lord, help us all as a church in this time to not grow weary in well-doing. Help us to be kind one to another, tender-hearted, forgiving one another, even as you have when we make mistakes. But Lord, I pray that we'll always be following you exactly the way you would. I pray for Shelley and the family today that you would just strengthen them, draw them close to you, that they can even sense your presence. Lord, we love you. We thank you for loving us and for allowing us to be here today. In Jesus' name, amen. God loves you. Amen.